a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Over the past year, the legitimacy of the Supreme Court has been called into question. Trust seems to be ebbing in all the institutions of government, particularly after the court handed down the Dobbs decision. And following the court's ruling on abortion, just 28 percent of Democrats viewed the court favorably. Forty five percent of U.S. adults say the court has too much power, according to Pew Research. But are these criticisms really warranted? Should people trust the Supreme Court? Uh, This is a question that is heavy on my mind because I think it is one of the crucial areas of trust that we have to have in this country. Of course, there's always a healthy dose of skepticism when it comes to the executive branch and whoever's sitting in the Oval Office. There's always healthy skepticism when it comes to Congress and the legislative branch. But when we really start to become suspect, when we lose that trust in the institution of the Supreme Court, uh, that worries me a great deal. And so as we've been looking at why that trust is waning, what is impacting it there, and what needs to be done? What do we need to be aware of? How should we be viewing the Supreme Court? And I want to go to a couple of really interesting things that uh, have come out. Uh, looking back on the year, uh, there's been one thing that Chief Justice John Roberts has been most concerned about, and it is people questioning the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. And uh, recently, uh, the Chief Justice uh, made some public comments about this, which is also pretty rare for Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, but he did express to the public his concern about their trust in the legitimacy of the court. The court has always decided controversial cases. Uh, the decisions have always been subject to uh, intense criticism. Um, and that is uh, entirely appropriate. Um, uh, that citizens feel free to criticize uh, our opinions and how we do our work. Uh, but lately, the criticism is phrased in terms of, you know, because of these opinions, it calls into question the legitimacy of the court. Um, and I think it's a mistake to view uh, uh, those criticisms in that light. Um, the legitimacy of the court uh, uh, rests uh, on the fact that it satisfies the requirements of the, of the statute uh, and that uh, the Constitution needs, as John Marshall put it, somebody to say what the law is, and that's the role of the Supreme Court. And that role doesn't change simply because people disagree with this opinion or that opinion or disagree with the particular mode of jurisprudence. That's Chief Justice John Roberts uh, on Supreme Court uh, legitimacy at an event uh, recently. And it's so interesting. He went on uh, to say that none of the other branches of government can do what the Supreme Court does, that is to interpret the law. If the court doesn't uh, uh, retain its legitimate function of interpreting the Constitution, um, I'm not sure who would uh, take up that uh, mantle. You don't want the political branches telling you what the law is, uh, uh, and you don't want public opinion to be the guide uh, of what the appropriate decision is. So, um, yes, uh, all of our opinions are open to criticism. In fact, 
our members do a great job of criticizing <laughs> some opinions uh, from time, time to time. Um, but uh, simply because people disagree with an opinion is not a basis for questioning the legitimacy of the court. I think that's so important. It, it is okay. You can disagree with an opinion without questioning the legitimacy of the court and the process. I spoke recently with uh, Judge Thomas Griffith, of course, who retired from the D.C. Circuit uh, a little while back about this very topic, uh, because as I've often said, we've stress tested this constitutional republic of ours in, in a host of different settings, from world wars to pandemics to economic collapse. We've never stress tested it without trust, trust in the institution. Uh, when I spoke with Judge Griffith, he said he believes we should have more confidence more confidence in the Supreme Court, and then he explained why. Well, obviously, it's not in a good place in terms of public perception, right? People who follow these things and take approval ratings suggest that this is the lowest the Supreme Court's been in, in some time, maybe ever since they've been doing it. So that's, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we ought to have, hopefully, have trust in our democratic institutions and in this one in particular, it's critically important that we have confidence in our Supreme Court, in our federal judiciary. And, and my view is that we should, n- not just as hopeful pie in the sky, you know, let's all be nice to one another. No, because this Supreme Court merits mm-hmm. our confidence. And when I say this Supreme Court, I'm not talking about just the Roberts Court. I, I, I'm talking about, you know, the last 20 or 30 years or so. Mm-hmm of the court and even beyond that. I think the Supreme Court has acquitted itself really well yeah. uh, in, in the history of the Republic. They, they're not perfect. They make mistakes. Uh, they get outside their lane uh, on occasion. But generally speaking, I think we should be proud of the work they've done. Judge Griffith went on to say that other countries admire our judicial system probably more than anything else, and they actually want to replicate it, and that should give us confidence. Fifteen, twenty years ago, I was very involved in some rule of law projects mm-hmm. in former communist countries of, uh, of Eastern Europe and, and Eurasia. I was able to travel through the region with Justice O'Connor and, and others. Uh, this is before I was a federal judge. And we would, we'd have the opportunity to meet with these great reformers in these former communist countries. And without exception, the institution of the United States government that they were most interested in learning about and most wanted to copy was yeah. our judicial system because they believed that we had a judiciary that was not a bunch of partisans wearing robes, not politicians wearing robes, but actually judges who were doing their level best to adjudicate cases not based on their political preferences, who they wanted to be in power, who not, but based on the law. And uh, it was inspiring to me to see the way they were inspired by the American judiciary. Since becoming a judge, I've been able to see this a little more personally, up close and personally. And, uh, And my experience has strengthened and increased my conviction that we have a judicial system that is trustworthy, and we need to keep it that way. Such important words for us as we look at things and and recognize that, again, you can disagree with an opinion of the Supreme Court without throwing it all out and not trusting the institution of the Supreme Court. I also had a a conversation uh, a month or so ago with uh, former Senator Joe Lieberman, 
very similar that, hey, we, we need to not just protest when it doesn't go our way or we don't have to call into legitim- the legitimacy just because it didn't go the way we wanted. Uh, there is a process and there's reason for confidence and there's reason for trust, especially in the Supreme Court. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Coming up, Queen Elizabeth wasn't just a monarch. She was also a believer. We'll discuss the Queen's legacy of faith. Coming up next, stay with us. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.